Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, and Jerry Keezer. Welcome, race fans, to the Hammer Down Racing Report. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. Jerry uh, feeling a little under the weather tonight, so you stuck with uh, just Ron and myself for the. I know you show. were going to talk about it, but I want to beat you to it. Okay. Happy anniversary, Scott. Yes, happy anniversary, Ron. Yeah, buddy. It's our four-year anniversary We've doing this show. We started happily this. married with this show for four years. Yeah, it was uh, about four years ago. Not today, but I think the 21st was our first yeah. show. So we've been doing this uh, since 2017. Started out with a half hour, and we weren't sure how we were going to get through that. I don't even think it was uh, that long. Anyway, uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think we planned on a half hour. Live from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio, it's the Hammerdown Racing Report presented by Oakshade Raceway. And uh, somebody referred to us like a soggy hot dog on a Sunday afternoon. Really? Yeah. Details on that coming up a little bit later. We do have a Hammerdown hotline. Oh, boy. Um, We'll have our weekend weather pit stop with guest meteorologist uh, Ron the uh, Weatherman Miller. Yeah, spoiler alert. (laughs) Don't, Don't look for much. Um, also coming up, we'll be talking to, uh, Spencer, uh, Baston, um, and we're going to be giving away tickets to, uh, the Sandusky Speedway Cavalcade. Yeah. Big up. deal. It's a big race for them. Yeah. It's a great weekend there. Yeah. That's October 2nd and 3rd, a Saturday, uh, Sunday deal, Friday practice, uh, we just saw there. So, right. um, yeah, so a lot of stuff uh, going on tonight. We'll be talking to, thank you, Chris. Um, we'll be talking to... As I mentioned, Spencer Baston, uh, winner of the Brad Doty Classic and the Attica Ambush, uh, his first World of Outlaw win. Yeah, that uh, that was, was a big it? deal. Yeah, so uh, and he's with a, a new team this year too. So we'll talk to him about that stuff. Uh, before we get to uh, all the exciting action from last weekend, I do have to mention that um, you can uh, vote for us on. Or I'm sorry, nominate us. Nominate Toledo City us. Papers. Best of Toledo nominations are happening now through October 15th. Uh, if you get us on the ballot again, um, we may stick around and do the show for another year. If not, you know. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe we'll be done. I don't know. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Hammer Report. Uh, follow us on uh, YouTube as well. You can listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And, of course, you can check out HammerDownRacingReport.com for all that information. And um, what else did I want to mention? There was something else. I guess it's not that important. Thanks to Oakshade Raceway, where the fastest meet to race, racing every Saturday night, our presenting sponsor. So for this Saturday night. Uh, they made the call just uh, a little while ago, about probably about an hour ago or so, that... Uh, Too wet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got some pictures I was going to share here. Here's, uh, here's one of them. I, I don't know how well that's going to come out, but... Uh, it's underwater. Yeah, that, that's all there. You can kind of see that. It's underwater, and they were pumping all day yesterday. So they got over four, four inches of rain, and... I've got some farm friends up here, Scott, that have six-inch rain gauges, and they overflowed. So, yeah, it's been a significant rain event. Yeah, so we'll see if uh, some of the other tracks around here can uh, dry out. I know Fulton County got hit pretty hard there. Delta, I heard, had like five inches or something. Right. uh, That's probably why Ryan Weekman was off uh, the end of this week. So Uh, (laughs) a lot going on in the chat there. I uh, also have to thank Dippin' Motorsports. 
uh, performance parts, custom bodies, fabrication, racing fuels, Hoosier tires, and more. Uh, give them a call, 419-283-8580. Tell them Hammerdown Racing Report sent you. I called them uh, after I called you the other day about uh, trying to change the uh, the light. Or oh, fix right. light in yeah, my uh, tachometer. In the tachometer. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I didn't realize. I had the tachometer all the way out. I didn't realize just the little thing in the front. You just had to twist, twist that. that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think Craig thought that was pretty funny that I had it all the way out. Well, I think it's kind of humorous too, Scott. Yeah. yeah. The bulb was fine too. I just had to clean up the contacts and oh. all was good there. Oh. I also have to thank Big D's Pizza, Subs, Ribs, Chicken, and more. And Clyde, give him a call, 419-547-1444. You can order online at orderbigdspizza.com. Big on taste, not on price. And uh, Real Geese Silhouette Decoys, the most technologically advanced goose and duck decoys that are produced and manufactured in the U.S. Check out realgeese.com or call 419-800-8100. Um, check out some of their uh, apparel as well on sale on their website. There's a, a pond on the way out to, to Oakshade off of 20. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? It's I like do. across the street from that yeah. big whatever that, that is. That's a goose, the goose pond. There's always okay, a... you saw the goose that's always there. Oh, yeah. It took me like a year or two to realize that that was not a real goose. You're talking about the big pond on, on the on the pond that's on the right as you're going out. Okay, okay. There's like a goose or on, on duck a, or on something. On the north side, yeah, yeah, that's there every well, week. Well, there's swans on that side this Is year. Is a swan in, in a small pond? And anyway, that yeah. it made me think of the real geese thing. Okay, it looked already pretty real. It may have been a realgeese.com thing. Okay, Scott. Thanks to Ryan Miller Race Cars freeze frame photos uh, as well. And as we mentioned, uh, we're going to be giving away. The uh, Bev J. Cox Memorial Cavalcade uh, four-pack of tickets that's presented by Budweiser. That's going to be for the October 2nd part of that two-day show, the Saturday part. Okay. Uh, we'll get you free tickets. And, uh, again, the details on that are coming up. Uh, on Saturday is going to be 2000 to win for the modified CRS Super Trucks, Renegade Stocks. And uh, or both of these uh, on both these days, we'll have to get more clarification from uh, Chris Mize. They're going to have the Ohio Wheelman Series, Pure Stocks, Beginner Stocks, uh, all in action as well. And Friday is going to be a practice day. If you want to get yourself registered to win those tickets, go ahead and uh, just make a, put a comment. If you're listening to us on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, doesn't matter. Just push put uh, hashtag Sandusky. At any time during the show, we'll draw the winner later. That'll put you into the drawing. There you go. There's oh, the, good. They, that way they can spell Sandusky. Yes. So this is uh, this will only, Sam who? This was <laughs> only be for our live listeners tonight. Uh, hashtag Sandusky. Again, we'll do that drawing at the end of the show. So if you get your uh, name in, in the comments or get your uh, hashtag Sandusky in, in the comments, then you are entered to win that. So... Get back to uh, our weekend uh, racing roundup from uh, this past weekend. A lot of racing action going on. Uh, probably not so much this weekend, but uh, we shall see. Gabe Mueller led the entire distance to win his first ever $1,000 Bomber Spectacular on Saturday night at Oakshade. Adam Lance finished second with Colin Schilt third. Rusty Schlenk won his ninth feature win of the year at Oakshade over uh, Devin Shields, Colin Shipley. Uh, Jesse Jones out of Liberty Center picked up his very that first was uh, sportsman feature win. The, he, he ran a great race. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he made some of the guys look pretty bad. Yeah, he's been running top five pretty consistently he, he's, he's this year. He's been running well, but that was yeah. that was a really good feature. 
to watch. He won that over uh, Josh Robertson and Drew Smith, and uh, Eric Carr beat Joe Carr in the compact feature with uh, Joe Elliott finishing in third. Fremont Speedway, it was Greg Wilson took the lead, the white flag lap of the uh, fast on uh, Dirt 410A Main, drove to his 13th career win. Uh, Nate Dussel finished second, and DJ Foos rounded out the podium there. Uh, Indianapolis, Indiana's Thomas Meserol survived early race cautions and drove away, leading all 25 laps of the Boss, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series uh, feature event for his third career Fremont win. Luke Hall finished second. Matt Westfall finished third. Jamie Miller, he won the uh, 305 Sprint feature. I guess it's been a while since he won a yeah. sprint feature. Like last, like a year, I think it was. Um, Logan Real finished uh, in second. Second generation racer Mike, Mike Keegan finished in third. Uh, Miller then uh, claimed his fifth Burmeister Trophy dirt truck feature win of the year, edging out uh, Jeff Babcock by just uh, half a truck length. Miller now has 29 career wins at Fremont and sits 17th on the track all-time win list. Sean Valeni finished third. Montpelier Motor Speedway over in Indiana. Cole Sink took the UMP modified feature over Todd Sherman, Tony Anderson. In Super Stocks, it was Josh Litton uh, taking the checkered flag in front of Glenn Bradley. Uh, Tony Anderson finished third. Landon uh, Arcaro took another front-wheel drive Hornets victory with uh, Brady Hines finishing second and Josh Gamblin finishing in third. Um, Sandusky Speedway, feature winners were all champions. They had uh, championship night on Saturday there. And uh, all their champions actually won their features. And uh, Clayton Oliver took the Renegades feature uh, win over Dylan Napier and uh, Noah Patterson. Uh, Pure Stocks, it was Johnny Newman, who was a champion, took another feature win over uh, Tanner Smith and Dan Boren. Uh, Jeff Wells, Jason Wells, excuse me, Jason Wells took the victory in the Modifieds. Matt Marlowe finished second. Kevin J. Cox Jr. finished third. Uh, Laney Najedli uh, took another beginner stock feature win over A.J. Andrews and Jaden Keene. And, uh, yeah, so all those feature winners, also the track champions in their uh, respective uh, di- divisions there. Uh, Caden Lap, Lapchib, how do you pronounce his name? What, what? Our, uh, the, uh, winner of the 100 lap outlaw super late model feature at Toledo Speedway. I don't know. Spell it. Lapsevich. We're going to go with that. Okay. We need, uh, Gary Linda on that one. Caden Lapsevich, uh, was the winner of the 100 lap outlaw super late model Toledo, uh, Speedway, part of the, uh, Glass City 200. Blake Rowe uh, pulled the uh, big surprise of the night, leading only the final lap as he captured top honors in the ARCA CRA Super Series feature event. And uh, Caden White took the CRA Junior Late Model checkered flag. In World of Outlaw action, Carson Macedo won his second straight Tom Territon uh, Classic Saturday night. The entire uh, Territon Macedo family was in attendance to celebrate the emotional victory at Keller Auto Speedway. The $21,000 payday is the second richest victory in Macedo's life. Macedo passed uh, Brad Sweet on lap 14 with a uh, little help from uh, lap traffic. Never looked back. James McFadden rounded out the podium in that race. Next up for the World of Outlaws tomorrow night. Uh, Before the crowns at Eldora Speedway. And uh, Saturday night, they're headed over to Pennsylvania. It's a Commonwealth Clash at Lernerville Speedway. So uh, hopefully yeah, Pennsylvania is not getting as much rain as uh, we did here. Hopefully it didn't get as much rain down at Eldora. Um, I'm sure or Fremont. 
or Fremont. Uh, the Flow Racing All-Star Circuit of Champions, Anthony Macri, uh, led from start to finish to pick up a $7,000 payday in the 39th running of the Jack Dunn Memorial at Williams Grove Speedway on Friday night. Seven-time track champion Lance Deweese finished second, and Brett Marks rounded out the podium there. Justin Peck is now a Flow Racing All-Star Circuit of Champions winner, cashing in big during the eighth edition of the annual Dirt Classic on Saturday at Lincoln Speedway. The victory, a uh, fifth-career All-Star triumph, earned Peck a $20,000 payday. Freddie Raymer uh, held on to finish second. Outside uh, pole sitter Josh Wise finished third. And next up for the All-Stars, of course, uh, Eldora on Saturday night for the four crowns. Yeah. Uh, Luke, or, uh, Tyler Erb took the lead early on in Tuesday night's Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series 25-lap preliminary uh, night at Knoxville Raceway and went on to win his fifth Lucas Oil Series event of the season. I believe uh, we may have Tyler on the show next week. Really? We, last time we had him on, he was uh, running the Australia yeah. deal a few years ago. Jonathan, Daven, uh, Jonathan Davenport and uh, Kyle Larson chased Herb to the finish line, finishing second and third. For the second straight night, Tyler Herb won the 25-lap preliminary feature at the Knoxville Raceway. That was Friday night. Herb took the lead on lap two from Brandon Shepard, was able to hold him off in a uh, two-lap shootout for his third career win at Knoxville. Brandon Shepard uh, crossed the finish line second, followed by Tyler Bruning, Tim McCready, and Mike Marler. Uh, on Saturday night, uh, Marler became the first driver to win three Lucas Oil Late Model Knoxville Nationals 100-lap main events. Marler started third, picked up the race lead on lap 41 from Tim McCready. Marler was able to hold off the uh, current Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series uh, point leader by just over half a second at the uh, finish for a career-best $50,000 payday for himself and car owner Ronnie Delk. Uh, Ricky Weiss finished in third. Next up for the Lucas Oil Series is... Uh, another race. Yeah, another race. <laughs> for some reason, I have Eldora on Saturday night. That's. Wow. Uh, I don't think they're going to be running there with the, uh, the All-Stars. Uh, Arkham Menard Series, Ty Gibbs. Led all 200 laps of the Arc Menard Series Bush uh, Beans 200 Thursday night. That was last Thursday night at Bristol Motor Speedway. It was Gibbs' 10th victory of the uh, 2021 Arc Menard season. Sammy Smith finished second to uh, clinch the 2021 Arc Menard Series East Championship. Taylor Gray finished third in that. Next up for Arca Series is the Sous Chef Power Packs 200 on Friday, October 1st, I believe. Because we were just having that discussion. The yeah. second is a Saturday. Yes, sir. I have Friday, October 2nd. It's either Friday or Saturday next week. Whoever did this prep was terrible. That's at Salem Speedway. It's going to be 8 p.m. on MAV-TV and NBC Track Pass. Uh, NASCAR action Chandler Smith earned his first truck series victory as well as a spot in the second round of the playoffs Thursday night at Bristol. Grant Enf Enfinger uh, slipped past uh, John Hunter Nemechek in the final three laps to finish second with uh, Nemechek crossing the line in third. In Xfinity action, A.J. Allmendinger took the uh, took his uh, Chevrolet three-wide to the bottom, past Justin Allgaier and Austin Sendrick on the final lap, and uh, won Friday's Food City 200 Bristol Motor Speedway. Did you see that finish? I didn't, but I heard it Wrecking was. Wrecking across the line. That yeah. was pretty cool. That was a pretty decent finish. Um, after taking the checkered flag, Allmendinger uh, careened off the inside wall, slid across the track into traffic, took a huge hit from teammate Justin Haley. Um Cindric finished second. Riley Herbst finished in third. And cup action, I didn't see any of this, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I don't know. Kyle Larson picked up uh, the win at Bristol Motor Speedway uh, on Saturday's Bass Pro Shops. Not a NRA night race. 
Harvick settled for a second, but uh, he was far from pleased with Chase Elliott after the race. The two exchanged words on pit road and again in the garage area before eventually uh, going to Elliott's team hauler to have a private conversation. Um, just a little, uh, yeah, discussion, I guess. Yeah. William Byron finished third in that one. Next up uh, for NASCAR is uh, the Cup Series South Point 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Sunday, September 26th at 7 p.m. on NBCSN. Xfinity Series will have the ALSCO uh, uniforms 302 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Saturday, September 25th at uh, 7.30. That's this Saturday on NBCSN. And the trucks have uh, Victoria's Voice Foundation 200 at Las Vegas on Friday, tomorrow night at 9 o'clock on FS1. Now, you did see that unhappy Harvick was smart enough not to take his helmet off, right? I did. He dur- was dur- cranky. He's like a cranky old man. Ooh, I'm telling you. I, I saw he was kind of pissed at one of the uh, reporters that were standing there with his phone trying to videotape him after, yeah. during the second conversation before they went. Yeah, the initial the conversation, he must have expected something because... He kept his helmet on. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. Uh, IndyCar action. Colton Hurdle led 91 to 95 laps on Sunday at the NTT IndyCar Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. It was the second victory of the season. Hurdle defeated NTT IndyCar Series champion le- leader, championship leader Alex Pillow, Pillow by uh, 1.9747 seconds. Uh, Romain Grosjean, who wrecked the pace car while doing some filming for NBC on Saturday, finished third. Did you see that? I, I didn't, didn't really understand that. But, uh, final race of the season uh, is coming up for the IndyCar Series on uh, Sunday, 3 o'clock on NBCSN. It's the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Um, and other notes, uh, Flow Racing Night in America at Farmer City. Uh, Tuesday night, that event was postponed to Wednesday and then canceled due to uh, the rain and wet ground. Yeah. So. Let's uh, move on to, uh, to our guest. Let's bring him in here. Been waiting patiently. I've been babbling on doing Jerry's job. He's feeling under the weather. So, Spencer, how's it going? Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good. Welcome to the big show. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, first off, uh, I got to say congrats on the the Brad Doty Classic win and the the ambush win as as well. Uh, let's uh, start off uh, talking about the the the, the Doty, I guess, uh, leading the final thirty three laps with uh, Brad Sweet right on your tail. Yeah, that was um, that was definitely you know one of my cooler nights that I've gotten experience in the in the racing industry and something I think that everyone at some point or another is shooting to do is is to win an Allah race and uh, to finally be able to get that done and kind of get that monkey off your back it it feels really good and to be able to do it at a um, a place like Attica where you know at the Brad Doty Classic there's I think we had forty or fifty cars there um, and, and felt like we were up against the best of the best. And uh, in order to be able to, you know, pull off a win, you had to put together an entire night of, you know, clean laps and really good qualifying. And, um, you know, Kevin and Sam had to do their part and giving me the car, uh, you know, I can potentially take to that level and were able to put it all together. And it uh, was very satisfying. Now, you had uh, Brad Sweet behind you there. There was a, a restart with, uh, what was it, 10, 7 laps to go? It was close to the end. Uh, what's, uh, what's going through your mind at that point? Yeah, I was, um, I knew he was behind me and, you know, all, all I could really think about under the caution was trying to figure out, um, you know, where I needed to be, what was the best game plan on this restart to, you know, get through one and two the best. I thought if I could get, if I could get off of, off of two um, and into three ahead of him, 
uh, with a run, then I would be fine because I, just, I felt once my momentum got built up, I was pretty comfortable with my package. But, um, you know, to, to go against that, I've watched, I don't know how many times from home, uh, watch Brad steal a win on a late race restart. Um, when the other, when the leader uh, was, you know, checked out at one point, and Brad just being Brad or Donnie or a lot of these guys are able to do, they can just uh, take advantage of a situation like that and, and put themselves in a better position. And I felt like I did my part and, and did my job and um, didn't make any mistakes there late and and never really gave them opportunity to pounce. So uh, felt felt like it was a good reward to to give my guys for all their hard work and effort. And it was definitely. Um, you know, a special night, uh, you know, getting your first outlaw win was, it was really, really special. And, and what comes with that is um, you now, you know, the amount of people and, and the types of people that would come up and congratulate us on the achievement uh, that are guys that have once gotten their first outlaw win. So they know how truly special it is to be in that type of position. And that was one of the coolest things. How was your season prior to this race? It was, uh, it was, <laughs> It was, um, you know, prior to that race, you know, the 11, uh, things were good, but that didn't really come together until middle of Ohio Speed Week. So um, the beginning of my season was a lot of filling in for injured drivers, sick drivers, uh, filling in cars where they just didn't have drivers at the time. I think I ran, um, this is my sixth different car, fifth or sixth different car I ran this season. Um, And that all happened, uh, you know, before June. I've finally been in the same car ever since June, but uh so it's been a little back and forth, up and down, and uh, made the most of it, and then got the call from Mike and Kathy McGee to come drive the 11. They were making a change, and they wanted me to be a part of it, and um, it's probably one of the better decisions I've, I've uh, been able to make and you know, fortunate to get a call like that, uh, an opportunity to go ra- race as much as we have, and uh, we've made the most of it. I mean, we've, we've won a few races now, and we've really made a statement, and uh, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting to – be able to jump in something like that middle of the season um, and just hit the ground running and, and take off right away. So you've been running uh, the McGee uh, number 11 since the middle of June then? Yeah, June, I think, yeah, mid to late June. Okay. It's right around Ohio Speed Week time. Uh, Phil, I jumped in and finished the um, so, um Yeah. Must have felt pretty comfortable uh, getting that uh, win, what, uh, not even a month after uh, jumping into that ride. Yeah. Yeah. My first race with them was at Waynesfield. Um, and we, we weren't bad, but uh, didn't start very good in the feature and just was able to kind of ride around. But then the next night out, uh, I think I led most of the race and got to traffic and made just a couple of mistakes in traffic and, and got beat by Peck uh, on the last lap. So that's, that was kind of all of a sudden, you know, heading home from that race was like, okay, well, this, you know, that we can do it and we're, we're right there. We just, you know, to be able to find speed that quickly, um, you know, obviously they, they've been running all season, so they've got to have their groove down. But for me to be able to come in and, and click with Kevin and Sam right away was pretty cool. And it, it's really propelled our season and, you know, kind of given us a different outlook and given me, you know, different, um, a different position uh, just because of this and a position I wouldn't be in today without uh, the opportunity from the 11. So it's looking pretty good for next year. Yeah, we're working through everything right now uh, to get all that figured out. It's kind of a deal when, when you're able to kind of jump onto the scene and uh, make a statement like we have um, things, you know, begin to, 
um, it just it, it you're in a better place and, and kind of a better position moving forward and it, it's trying to bring yourself back up to the round table uh, if you say I guess of kind of establishing yourself there for a while I felt like I was kind of in and out and floating between rides and uh, you know just struggling to put together a half-ass schedule um, and then at that point you just feel like you're falling behind so for what we've been able to do is has been really good um, and one of the most impactful important things has been the um, ability to get consistent laps night after night and I feel like I have learned so much because of that and uh, it's been a great opportunity. You mentioned Sam uh, he's your uh, crew chief I do believe and he's a, a younger guy just like yourself so you guys, Kevin, Kevin and Dan both kind of work together. Kevin Osmalski, he's actually the crew chief. Okay. Um, and then Sam, he's the same McGee Motorsports car, so he's kind of head honcho, I guess you could say, with the team, and he does all the motor and fueling stuff. So it's a two kind of a two guy team. You know, I make a third, but I'm not as handy and and uh, valuable as those two guys are. So they've been able to find a good balance between. So you guys uh, have have a pretty good future ahead of you if things stay together and keep going as they are uh back back to the doty deal um how how cool is that to run in front or uh, to win in front of of brad you know and get the the uh, the check from the trophy from him uh, and everything there after the race yeah. yeah it was really cool it's uh like i said just a few minutes ago um getting your first outlaw wins a big deal but when it's at a, at a facility like attica um in a crowd like the brad doty classic it makes it even more special and you know all that brad has done in his racing career inside and outside of the car he's been you know largely impactful and has has made a you know a successful career out of it even after he, he got out of the car so um to win a race with you know someone like brad's name on it is truly special and it's it's pretty cool uh to see some of these guys that are still around and want to be involved and wanting to have an impact on the community and, and that sort of thing of the industry. And, um, that part was really, really cool. And the helmet that I got to, uh, that I won was of course the Brad Diddy helmet was all painted up and that's, uh, something I'm, I'm never going to, uh, let slip away. It's a, uh, you know, obviously a really, really special piece. Cool. And you actually got your very first uh, 410 sprint car win at Attica. So right. you know how to and, get and around Dad that. Brad was there that night, too. Oh, I remember um, that's back in 2017. And I think he sent out a tweet saying something about how we ran. And I remember thinking, man, that's so, so cool. Someone like Brad is watching and, and paying attention and just being involved. And, um, yeah, and then to be able to go back and get my first outlaw in there, too, is even cooler. Now, how you? How old were you back in uh, seventeen? I mean, you, I mean, how many years have you been running a four ten? I would have been, I would have been eighteen, okay. I think, seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. All right. Well, you're yeah. you're at the the older edge, though. You know, of uh, you know, you got to be fourteen or fifteen these days to get into to racing. Apparently, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all changed now, man. It's it's kind of funny. We were joking the other day, you know, with I was joking with my dad and talking about you know eventually. And it's not going to be long. There's going to be, you know, Owen Larson in there trying to shake things up and Cash Boyer and some of these other guys that are kind of moving up the ranks. And, you know, you kind of look at those kids now and to think, wow, they're, you know, so young and so little. But 
granted, they're not far away. And it seems like, yeah, guys are starting younger and younger every year and uh, making a big statement. Well, you got the the Attica ambush win and the, the all-star feature at the, just a few weeks ago at Attica as well. A uh, little bit different race there because uh, you didn't get the lead. You took the lead from Zeb Wise with just uh, four laps to go. Was that was it a, a di- more difficult uh, win than the uh, the Brad Doty? Yeah, it was. Um, I would say it was a lot more. You know, the Doty. I was running. I think I started third. I believe. Yeah, third, and was racing th- around third and fourth most of the race. And then just on a restart, the door just opened, and I went straight from I think third to first. And was able to kind of just get in the rhythm after that. Where the this past win at Attica, I started I think tenth, eight or tenth, and had to really kind of be um, I don't know, just not make any mistakes. I had to be very thoughtful with my maneuvers and how I got around guys, catching guys, utilize lap cars, um, picks, and things like that. And just trying to look ahead and also kind of understand okay, where the leaders at, what are they doing, and it was just a lot more. Uh, seemed like a lot more thought process went into it rather than just you just get to the lead and you just got to make sure you don't screw up. Uh, this came a lot, you know, came down to a lot of strategy and felt like I was my car was pretty good early, but I could tell it was getting better and better. And I was able to get the wing back more and more, uh, and the, the car was able to support it. So that meant more and more drive was to come. So I knew I had a little bit of time, but had to be pretty savvy with all the moves I made to make sure. Uh, you don't make one mistake that's going to ruin the whole thing. So it, uh, it was a very satisfying win being able to maneuver and uh, kind of get around guys here and there and, and feel like I was able to figure out how to get around the track better um, in one and two than some of the other guys. And I feel like that's where I made a lot of my time up. And that just came from working through traffic and, and kind of moving across the racetrack, trying to figure out what works best for you and your car. Those kind of nights always feel good because you're passing cars and uh, you, you've got something in your mind that you, you can one car at a time. In my lifetime, leading a race is the hardest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. You, you just you, yeah. you don't know no, you don't know if you can hold something back in case right. or right. you just want that next flag to be the checkered flag. Right. How long is yeah. this sucker going to last? <laughs> well, and, and I'm sure, yeah, you would understand a few how much you can overthink a situation and a scenario when you are leading. Whether you think you're hearing someone, whether you think that's, you know, you, you now have a vibration. When you're Absolutely. running or fourth, you're just, you're just chasing. You're just on a mission and you can see what they're doing. And, you know, you know that they don't know where you're at behind them. So obviously at roles reverse, I guess when you are leading, it sounds easier or simpler. Um, you know, the, the clean air helps tremendously. But, yeah, you get to get the traffic at the wrong time in the wrong position, wrong spot on the track. And, you know, that can end your whole event um, and, you know, lose your win right there. So, you know, you're, you're spot on with that. Now, is your favorite track, Attica, because you got your first win there, you got those two huge wins this year. Uh, what Where is your favorite place to race at? It's definitely it's definitely creeping up there. I'm not sure <laughs> these last ones. Uh, no, I, I've always enjoyed Attica. I've got some, some favorites probably. Um, back in my midget days, Kokomo was by far my favorite track. Uh, just has always seemed to put on tremendous racing. Um, but I got I got to be a pretty big fan of the big tracks. So Eldora, um, Belleville, Highbanks, uh, you know, back in the day. Now one of my favorite big tracks is Port Royal. 
I know that oh, yeah. some people don't agree with that. Some people have, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a love hate relationship with a lot of people, but I just see all the work and effort they've put into that place and, and to making what it is and what it came from. Um, and it, you know, they have some really big events. Um, and then Phil too, the place that I feel like, um, I feel like I've gotten fairly comfortable and, and was, have been able to adapt, uh, to that place as tricky as it can be. Um, just seems like it hasn't treated me the best sometimes. I feel like I, I have spurts of, of uh, you know, speed and, and competitiveness, and then we just haven't been able to to make it all come together at once and make it happen in the week of Knoxville Nationals. But um, I've got a few of those. Kokomo's still probably at the top of my list. Attica is up there as well. Now, you mentioned uh, the midgets. Uh, you've had success uh, running uh, the Chili Bowl. You finished third in uh, 2018. Uh, you ran in New Zealand. Got, did the New Zealand Midget Championship, finished first in that. Um, you've had success in the, the USAC Midget Series as well. Is how did is that where you got your start into to open wheel racing? Yeah, Midgets was the first, uh, my first opportunity where I really ran, where it wasn't as much as a, as a hobby, I guess. Um, I started racing quarter midgets when I was 9 or 10 just with my dad and I, and no one in my family raced. A family friend had one for sale, and we'd always watch the races on NASCAR. And then my grandparents uh, live in Fairbury, Illinois. And so when I was a little kid, we'd go over there every once in a while in the summer and, and watch the late models on Saturday nights. So that's how I got introduced, but we never had any involvement in the actual industry itself until our family friend sold us a quarter midget. And then we went and played with that, and we'd run 10, 12 races a year, and then it kind of seemingly progressed into micro sprints. That's what a lot of guys were doing. So that's what we did. And then ran that for three years. And then I think at the end of that third year, I ran some Melkinny midget series races, which was, it's kind of like a Ford focus midget, a 1200 CC mm-hmm. um, engine, motorcycle engine in a, in a standard midget uh, frame. So kind of doggy and heavy, but uh, that got me kind of, the door open to potentially moving into the national midget scene and then was able to do that in 2014 was my first year with Clausens, And that's when things kind of started to take shape a little bit more and in, in looking at this as potentially a career opportunity. But, uh, you know, as any racer would know, it's a long journey and you never really quite feel like you're hundred percent established. You know, you, you're not, you never have made it right. Because no one, you know, at any point in time, you can lose your ride and you can, uh, you know, be out of a job without an without an income or you can get hurt. So uh, I felt like two to three years into my midget um, career, I felt like I had a, a decent shot at trying to make something out of this. But it's just been an up, up and down, you know, hill battle ever since. And I think a lot of guys could probably say the same with their careers. So what's uh, what's your ultimate goal is as far as racing? I mean, uh, do you want to do uh, the entire World of Outlaw Tour? You want to get up to NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar? What, what what's your ultimate goal? I think I think any young kid would probably, as a young race fan, as you know, growing up four, five, six years old, you of course watch NASCAR on Saturdays. You watch Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon. You know, you watch Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, all these guys. They're, you know, the heroes of, of NASCAR in my in my day, at least. Um, and so I, I got growing up to watch that. And that was always kind of something I wanted to do. And I thought it'd be so cool to race on Sundays. But time on, you quickly realize that 
that industry has shifted tremendously in terms of its financial position and how, you know, the, the actual series itself goes around. So, um, you know, grassroots dirt track racing, I feel right now is, is one of the strongest, uh, deepest um, series in all of racing just due to the interaction side of like from the fans and the, and the series and promoters and what they're able to do for us and our teams to you know be able to come race for some good money. Um, so right now my goal is to definitely, I want to compete on the Owl Tour and I want to do it, not just to do it, I want to actually go compete and I want to be an established um, driver in that, in that category. Um, but I know that takes, that takes some time and takes a while to build to that. And, uh, you know, you see, you see like a Brad Sweet um, or Donnie shots there for a while until him and Ricky split up, you know, that bond between a driver, a team and a crew chief, all the same goes a long way after a few years. So I, I want to be able to find that and, and to be able to, to build with it, with a program, with a team that can uh, get to that point. And, and that's what we're going to try to do. Well, I think that's probably why Kyle Larson keeps coming back Friday nights and Saturday nights and going out and winning on Sundays. First, it keeps him sharp, and second, he just enjoys the crowds. And he likes right. beating everybody in late models, <laughs> sprints, whatever. You put him in something with wheels, he's going to beat you. Right. Yeah, he's, he said it before. I'm sure you guys have heard it on, on TV, how just racing as much as he does compared to some of his fellow NASCAR drivers – it keeps him that much sharper and he's just constantly in a racing position. doesn't matter what type of car it is. He's always in a position where he has to figure out what his car needs, what he needs to be doing. And it shows, I mean, obviously he's freakishly talented. There's guys that <laughs> race as much as he does in a year and they're not able to do what he does, but uh, it is pretty impressive to see, um, you know, what, a specific driver is capable of doing with a car that we all are equipped with, if that makes any sense. I mean, he's racing the same balance, you know, he's racing the same type of sprint car. We all have essentially just as good of engines. Um, there are some really, really, really good crew chiefs out there that, that, uh, you know, does as well as Paul Silva, in my opinion. And, uh, Kyle is just, I think he's just the difference. I, I truly do. Cause he, he's able to figure out whatever he's in, what that car needs and while he's on the racetrack and, and makes the most of it. Well, a couple of weeks ago when he was racing for the lead, came off of turn four, never lifted and tail slapped the wall, dirt track move. It yeah, didn't work, right. but yep. it sure was fun to watch. Right. Yeah. Lots of car control. So you, you talked a little bit, you guys are, are working on your plans for next year. Where would you like to, to see the, your team uh, next year as far as uh, plans of where to run? Well, that's something we're kind of working through right now and, and trying to figure out um, what's the best fit and, and what makes the most sense. You know, there's there's a lot of incentive with, with, with the Outlaw, um, you know, World Racing Group is able to provide for programs. Uh and teams to, to join their schedule, but it's that commitment to run up and down the road across country, no matter what of the weather and, and things like that. And lots of money and time. Yeah. Lots of money and time. And there's, a, there's a lot of really cool events and races that you miss while you run the World Alice, for instance, just the test score 50 this past, you know, a couple weekends, you know, that's, that's a really, really big race that pays a lot of money and it's really cool to be part of. And that's a race you don't get to run if you're on the outlaw tour. So you kind of have to just sit down and, and weigh your options and 
talk with everyone to see what's the most valuable um, scenario, what's what seems like the best idea for the resources you have and then the people involved. So that's something we're working through right now. When do you when do you think you'll have uh, some sort of plan in place then? Um, I'm not sure. It's this stuff like this always it always takes time because there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of variables. So I'd like to say hopefully soon. Okay. Uh, more immediate future. Are you running at Eldora this weekend? Yep. I'll run at Eldora uh, both nights in the 11 with the uh, Board of Outlaws and the um, All-Stars on Saturday. And then I'm also going to run for Chad Boat in the National Midget stuff All right. um, just to come back and play. Eldora, like I said before, it's a, one of my favorite places to race and a race I've uh, I've won before in 2017, and hopefully we can go to it again. Well, maybe you can pick up uh, another World of Outlaw and uh, All-Star victory, but this time in the same weekend. That'd make it pretty special. <laughs> All right, yeah. Spencer. Well, we, we appreciate the time, and uh, we wish you good luck this weekend, and uh, hopefully the weather cooperates as well down there. Yes, hopefully so. I know they've been getting a lot of rain, but they uh, Tony and his guys have always done a really good job handling that, so... I'm sure it'll all work out and, and look forward to seeing everyone there. Awesome. Good luck. Thank you guys for having me on. You bet. Yep. Thanks, Spencer. Yep. Bye. You got Spencer based and he'll be running down at Eldora for the four crown tomorrow night and uh, on uh, Saturday. Really well spoken racer, Scott. Absolutely. Very, very impressed. Yeah. I mean, that he's, a lot of talent there and uh, some, something, someone to keep an eye on Absolutely. Uh, in the future here. Um, got to pay some bills here before we get to some more racing news. Again, if you want that uh, four-pack of tickets uh, for Sandusky Speedway, uh, just put uh, hashtag Sandusky in the comments, and uh, that'll put you in the drawing, which we'll be doing here uh, after our Big D's racing menu. So toward the end yeah. of the show. I, I forget where my bills were. Here they were. I forgot uh, contact uh, Freeze Frame Photos for all your racing photo needs. From action shots to victory lane, they have all your favorite drivers, all your worst, least favorite drivers, and drivers you don't care about. They have them, too. Uh, they also do special photo shoots by appointment, freeze frame photos, special moments frozen in time, 419-476-9978. And they have uh, all those cool uh, other products available as well, like that calendar, which I'm sure will make a good Christmas gift. Oh, yeah. I know. Because you can pick your pictures for Stocking it. stuffers. Yeah, I think Jerry's getting one for, uh, or his, his girlfriend's getting one for his truck. Jerry has a yeah. big announcement next week. I don't know what it is. Hard telling. But, uh, Probably yeah. going to NASCAR. Jerry's going to NASCAR? Yeah. That could be it. I think that's uh, that sounds feasible. Lost my place now. Here we go. Uh, i got some racing news to uh, get to here. We mentioned uh, earlier Romain Grosjean crashed the pace car at Laguna Seca while filming a segment for NBC. Uh, I saw just saw the video today for some reason. I couldn't find it earlier, but it wasn't that impressive. He just kind of jumped the curb and went nose first into the tire barrier. Uh, him and Ed Jones uh, were in the car, and they jumped out of the car and uh, started just walking away from it. And it was like, okay. When you're driving, the, the pace car rubbing is not racing. Yeah. I think the, the <laughs> thing I was reading, too, was uh, last time the um, – or some other incidents where pace cars have been involved in accidents. Yeah. Uh, the Detroit Grand Prix a few years ago, driver hit a bump and just smashed it in the. Well, that was actually during the race, though, not uh, a couple days before. But anyway, uh, moving on. IndyCar. Speaking of uh, IndyCar, they unveiled their uh, 2022 17 race schedule, 
Earlier this week, Iowa Speedway will return to the schedule to host a doubleheader weekend in July. The Detroit Grand Prix will go back to being a single race event instead of uh, being a doubleheader, which it has been for, I want to say, like six or seven years now. They've been running a Saturday and Sunday race there at Belle Isle. So that's going back to a single event. Uh, The season's going to start earlier uh, for the IndyCar Series. It's going to start at the end of February with the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, 14 of the 17 events will air on NBC Broadcast Network, which is the most races on uh, a broadcast on bro- broadcast network television in series history. And uh, you may recall that um, uh, NBC is shutting down NBCSN at the end of this year. So right. some of the races are going to be streaming on Peacock, and I think a couple of them are going to be on USA Network, which is owned by NBC as well. So... At least one of them is going to be behind a paywall. And I think some of the uh, the NASCAR races may be headed to Peacock, too. We shall see. Uh, Danny Bird, ARCA late model legend, passed away on Tuesday. Bird won the Toledo Speedway late model championships in 1965, 1973, 1978. Piled up uh, 31 career feature wins. He also won the 1973 Flat Rock Speedway ARCA late model championship. And uh, has 20, 29 feature wins there. Also won the track championship at Mount Clemens Racetrack in the uh, 1960s when it was still dirt. Recorded 30 Mount Clemens feature wins. And, uh, yeah, so uh, Danny Bird uh, passing away. Did you race against him? Yeah, Yes, I did. Did you beat him at all? Uh, Don't remember. Probably not. (laughs) Scott, he was extremely popular with the fans. It's a little before my time. Always had very nice-looking race cars. Okay. Um, Kevin Harvick uh, mentioned was a little cranky with Chase Elliott after the Bristol race there. Uh, yeah. And uh, no penalties uh, have been issued by NASCAR for the And I guess it wasn't really an altercation. It was more of a conversation. They've been pretty generous about those Letting things. them work it out on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Formula One is coming to Miami for the inaugural Miami Grand Prix on May 8th of 2022. It will be the second event in the U.S. for Formula One, in addition to the annual Circuit of the uh, Americas event in Austin, Texas. The uh, course in Miami will be set up around the Hard Rock Stadium, home of the Miami Dolphins, which uh, will be a purpose-built track called the Miami International Autodrome. Okay. Yep. There you go. It'll be uh, like a road course. Uh, did you see this uh, final thing here? Jimmy McCune. I did. Was on his way to uh, this weekend's Pink Lady Classic at uh, Meridian Speedway in Idaho, a uh, winged pavement sprint car event co-sanctioned by NSRA slash Speed Tour and uh, also has promotional interest from Musty Racing, which uh, is what Jimmy Jimmy's, runs in. Yeah. Uh, his hauler broke down in Wyoming. Uh, and, uh, I guess it sounds like he's not going to make it now, nah, but he is going to make is it. He? Okay. Yep. I, dude, so, uh, uh, I know he had a post that said he was looking for a way back or something. Well, somebody brought their toter over, hooked it to their trailer and headed for Idaho. Well, so, he's, he's uh, that far. You gotta, you gotta, might as well just, you, yeah, you would think pick the truck up on the way back. Just leave the truck. <laughs> leave the truck. <laughs> Hello, insurance company. You ain't going to believe this one. Uh, so, yeah. So that's uh, all the racing news I have uh, for this week. Uh, we have our Twitter poll results that we'll have to check out here. It's, uh, make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, as a matter of fact, at Hammer Report. Uh, share the screen. Do this. 
There it is. All right. This week's uh, Twitter poll was, uh, what is the preferred way, what is your preferred way to set the lineups for heat races at your local track? Options were pill draw, qualifying, and points. And uh, qualifying, overwhelmingly, yeah, was uh, the choice. 76.9% uh, want qualifying. 23.1% prefer the random pill draw. Now, I should have put in there qualifying, you know, do you line them up straight up from the way they qualify, fastest guy in the poll, or do you do that invert uh, like we had this past weekend for the Bomber Spectacular? I, top four? I, I like a, a small inversion. Small inversion? Okay. Yeah, either two or four. I think it leads to better racing than, rather than putting the fastest guy on the point. I agree. I think, uh, wasn't it Brian that used to, uh, back in the day, Brian Motor Speedway, they would put the fastest qualifier at the back. Yeah. And then uh, just so you wouldn't sandbag, they would keep track of uh, the leader's lap. So if you ran yeah. faster, there was a little bit of an allowance, but if you ran so much faster and you didn't qualifying, then you were just black flagged. There was uh, a, a breakout rule, and I think it was, you know, like a half a second or a Something second. Something like that, yeah. You know, and, and it's tough on a dirt track because conditions can change. Yeah. Um, pavement tracks frequently do that, but it, it's it's a whole lot more consistent medium on, on pavement than on dirt. But, uh, yeah, it, Brian was fun. Brian was fun. <laughs> and now it's... I don't know what it is. It's just kind of like a marshy area there. Uh, I got to thank uh, Ron Miller Race Cars, uh, 734-856-7223. Race Cars, parts, safety equipment, service, everything a racer needs. And he's also the maestro of this big event coming up on October 9th at uh, Whiteford oh, yeah. Stone Co. Park. Absolutely. Any uh, and, new information on that? Well, no information other than uh, we've got eight food trucks under contract, so we're we're looking real good with food trucks. There's so much going on, Scott. There's bounce houses for kids, uh, a pretty significant uh, kids uh, kids area, plus uh, adults have got car shows, uh, race cars, classic cars, Jeeps, uh, antique tractors. There's a cornhole tournament, a crafting section, um, vendors row. There's just It's going to be a very big event. And there's, there's no charge for general admission. If you want to bring uh, a race car and a classic car, it's 20 bucks. One fee covers everything. So and, and uh, so if I want to bring my race car, i got to pay 20 bucks. Yep. But you got to remember. Me, shouldn't you pay me <clears throat> to bring my race car? I probably should. <laughs> Maybe I'll sponsor you. Okay. But you every, Scott, every dime. That the that the show takes in goes to to uh, playground for Come a in. playground for the kids. Um, we we've got to start somewhere, and this is it. It's a pretty yeah. cool looking park. I've never actually been in, but I drive by it all the time right. when I come to your place. Well, we've got, there's eight ball diamonds, a, a very significant walking trail, part of it through the woods, part of it uh, a Disc gravel. Golf. Yeah, and uh, there's there's a very highly ranked. Uh, frisbee golf course there but uh no playground for kids and we plan on correcting that brian seeley asked where was brian speedway at and uh, dean henry answered him yeah brian oh okay. brian ohio um last week's how many 
was how many bombers were going to be at Oakshade on Saturday night for the Bomber Spectacular. Uh, and the correct number was 47. Yeah. Jerry, who decided to call in sick today, he picked 48, so he was the closest uh, out of us on the show. But he forfeits because Does he he's buy? not here. Well, then I would have won then because I think it. I was second. You, you were next closest. I picked in the middle. Congratulations, Woo! Scott. Yay! Okay. Our online winner was Nancy Shanauer. She picked 47, exactly. Woo! So she was the only one that uh, got that exactly right. She'll get a Big D's pizza. Real, real race fan there. Congratulations, yeah. Nancy. Just get with Dean Henry, and uh, he'll hook you up there. Uh, this week's How Many, we're going to talk uh, Eldora. How many All-Stars are going to be at Eldora on Saturday evening Ooh. for the Four Crown? And I guess I have to pick first, huh? Yeah. Son of a gun. I really didn't do any research on that. I'm going to go with uh, 47. Why not? That seemed to be a good number last week. 45. 45? Yeah. All right. Uh, if you would like to ch uh, a chance to win a Big D's pizza... Put your guess in the comments of our uh, YouTube or Facebook Live. If Jerry happens to be watching, we he could put him. He could put his guess in, in too. Yeah. In the comments, yeah. Yeah, we'll give you until ten o'clock Saturday morning. So if you're listening to us on uh, the podcast on uh, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, or whatever, then uh, you can still find our broadcast and get your uh, guess in. Just put your guess in the comments. They're still rolling in. Everybody's a lot lower yeah. than I thought, so I might be screwed on this one. <laughs> so, and if we do have a tie, you can guess the same as somebody else. We'll uh, spin the uh, Big D's pizza wheel to break any ties. And again, uh, time running out to get in on that drawing for the four-pack of tickets to Sandusky Speedway for the Cavalcade coming up on Saturday and Sunday, October 2nd and 3rd. The Cavalcade, or the tickets, good for Saturday night. Again, just hashtag Sandusky in the comments. So after you put your guess in for uh, how many, just put hashtag Sandusky in there if you want a chance to win that as well. And we'll be doing that drawing here in just uh, a few moments, as a matter of fact. Uh, right after our weekend uh, Big D's Pizza racing menu, which got a little uh, little smaller today. Yeah. With, uh, with Oakshade uh, already pulling the plug due to the tracks underwater, which, you know, Kind of creates a problem. Yeah, I think they had a couple of their uh, their tow trucks are still parked in the infield, surrounded by water, floating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and and that was after pumping all day yesterday. So uh, one less race to go to. Friday night, you got Eldora Speedway with the thirty uh, ninth running of the Four Crown Nationals. Uh, World of Outlaws will be in action. The uh, Sprint Car Series that is. USAC Midgets in action. Silver Crown qualifying. Uh, on Friday night as well. Gates open at 2 o'clock, racing at 8, and a general admission on Friday is $34. Saturday night, got a few choices here still, uh, unless we get any cancellations. If uh, we do, we'll share them on our uh, social media. Fremont Speedway, scheduled uh, to have O'Reilly Auto Parts night, featuring 410 sprints, 305 sprints, dirt trucks, and steel block late model series. I have never heard of the series. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like Ron may be... Uh, thinking about making a trip out there with uh, the 35. And, with the and Steve. And Steve? Yeah. Okay. So the Millers might be out at Fremont Speedway on Saturday night. Gates open at 4 o'clock, racing at 7. General mission, 18 bucks. Maybe I'll head out there since I got my plans. Since my Saturday night has opened up, uh, Montpelier Motor Speedway in uh, Montpelier, Indiana, is having the 3-in-1 Fall Fling featuring UMP Modified, Super Stocks, and Compacts. 
Gators Open one at four forty-five. Racing at seven thirty. General admission twelve bucks there. Uh, Shady Bowl in DeGraff, Ohio, has the fourth annual Clunker Classic. Uh, it's the King of Enduro, 300-lap race, a trailer race, a, tra- a chain race, skid plate race, and a flagpole race. And, and I guess there are more. So it sounds like one of those uh, kind of fun nights like uh, Flat Rock okay. and Toledo yeah. does. Uh, and Have then you fi- seen one of those skid plate races? I have not. I, no, I, I think I, I might have I like a while I ago. I think they use compacts, which are front-wheel drive, but then they, they put skid that's plates right, yes. on the rear. and So it just kind of... Slides yeah, around, yeah. yeah. There, I think I saw that at uh, that uh, drag strip demo derby thing. Might, might have coulda. Anyway, uh, Eldora in action again on Saturday for the 39th running of Four Crown Nationals, featuring USAC midgets on Saturday, USAC National Sprint Cars, Silver Crowns, and uh, the All Star Circuit of Champions. Gates open at noon, racing at eight. General admission thirty four dollars on Saturday night as well at Eldora Speedway. And, of course, you can see Spencer Baston uh, running both nights, doing the uh, World of Outlaws and the All-Stars and uh, running with the uh, USAC Midgets. So now you've got a reason to, to either watch, or you know, I imagine it'll be on Flow Racing too. So uh, you got the, the forecast for this weekend? Yeah. Go ahead and give us that, and then we'll draw for the uh, winner of uh, the Sandusky Cavalcade tickets. Tomorrow. It, it, it's been raining for four days, and uh, everything's pretty flooded, but uh, <laughs> rain's supposed to quit tomorrow morning. Uh, should be quitting probably around 10 o'clock in all of our areas around here. And uh, w- with any luck, the pumps will have been working. And uh, we Yeah, tomorrow it's supposed to be sunny, so yeah. give it a chance a little for cool. things to dry out. Yeah. A little cool. Fingers crossed. So uh, let's do the drawing here for the uh, Sandusky Cavalcade deal. It's, uh, this is the first time we've done this. I know the Sandusky guys do this all the time. So we're going to switch over here, and uh, we're going to click on this, and now we're going to draw. We only have four entries, apparently only four people. All right, we'll give you, we'll give you one more minute. Um, hashtag Sandusky. Yes, hashtag Sandusky. Scott, I Put thought that I in saw the comments. more than that. I thought I did too. I said there's only four. I don't know. So you got a 25%. Chris Mize is one of them. What? He's going to be there anyways. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, that's quite fair. So we'll, we'll give you just a minute here. Tell you what, we'll do the drawing after we do uh, our Hammer Down Hotline for this week. A very humbling Hammer Down Hotline. <laughs> uh, if you want to call and leave a message anytime, there's the number 419-318-3081. 419-318-3081. Uh, call, tell us uh, whatever... Whatever's on your mind. Tell us we suck. Um, yeah. Tell us you love us, whatever. Uh, here is this week's Hammer Down Hotline, and then we'll come back and do that drawing. So, again, hashtag Sandusky in the comments if you want to get entered into uh, the drawing for free the Cavalcade tickets. tickets. Yeah. Free, four. Four of them. Really? Yeah. Four pack. So, uh, here's this week's Hammer Down Hotline. I just want to let you know I listen to a lot of racing podcasts. A lot of them. And out of all the podcasts I listen to, this is by far the worst podcast I've ever listened to. I just got awful. It, I mean, it is just the worst racing podcast. I mean, I have to listen to podcasts about termites that are better than this podcast. I just want you to know that. 
I mean, it's like a soggy hot dog on a Sunday afternoon. But please keep up the work. We enjoy it. No, that was actually from a Georgia number. Really? Yeah, real call. Appreciate that. I'm going to use that uh, like a soggy hot dog. Sunday afternoon. Yes. You know, if the guy's from Georgia and listens to us. I had to look up the area code. uh, Oh, okay. We appreciate you listening to us, even though we do. I mean, he wasn't wrong. Nothing he said there was wrong. Terrible. Yeah, but we're legends in our own minds. We are, yeah. And somehow we still make the best of Toledo. City yeah. paper deal. Um, let's go back to the comments see if we got any more. I've got, uh, you, already, you only get one. I guess if you do it more than once, you still only, only are entered in the drawing once. So we're going to go with what we got here. Um, let me switch back over here. Here we go. Oh, we got five entries now. So here we go for right. the Sandusky uh, Speedway Cavalcade coming up on Saturday, Sunday. Four-ticket Bonanza. Four-ticket Bonanza for Saturday's event. The winner is, if it's going to be uh, Chris Mize, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be Chris Mize. (laughs) Ah, well, Chris Mize, race director at Sandusky Speedway. Apparently, you just won yourself four tickets. Um, I think this thing might let us, can we do this? Draw again. We're going to do this again. Here we go. I wish there was a way to take out people. Going through the names, cycling through. It's going to be Matt Swander. There you go. Matt Swander. He's got four pack of tickets to Sandusky Speedway on Saturday, October 2nd for the first night of the Sandusky Speedway cavalcade. Congratulations, Matt and Lisa. Yes. And family or whoever you take with you. You know, if you don't want to take your family, that's fine. We're not, we're not here to judge. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for this edition of the Hammerdown Racing Report, I think. Really? I think so. Next week, uh, I know Dean Henry was uh, talking about possibly having Tyler Urban, and I haven't heard back from him. Okay. I did miss a couple calls from him. I do apologize. I was busy working on stuff this week. So we'll be back next week with maybe Tyler Urban, maybe someone else. Yeah. We'll see. Happy four-year anniversary again, yeah. Scott. It's been four years we've been doing this. Whew. 7 o'clock, Thursday night. Seems like uh, that's all we do. Go to Toledo City Paper and nominate Hammerdown Racing Report. There you go. I'll have to pin that post to the top of our Facebook. Yeah. With that link directly to there. Uh, make sure to nominate Ryan Weekman, too, for the meteorologist. Oh, please do. He does a good job for us. Um, once again, thanks to all our sponsors. As uh, the race season winds down, Oakshade Raceway, Real Geese Silhouette Decoys, Big D's Pizza, Ron Miller Race Cars, Freeze frame photos and Dipman Motorsports. Um, again, make sure to uh, like us, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all those places. And even if you don't like us, I mean, that's fine too. Yeah. So do it anyways. And again, uh, don't forget to call the uh, Hammerdown Hotline if you want to be on next week's show anytime uh, during the week. Right, there it is again 419 318 3081. That's it. I'm done. Let's go eat, Scott. Okay. We're out. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to the Hammerdown Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform.
Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.